0: Coming up on this week's episode of the Zenial Odyssey podcast.
1: Professional bodybuilder. You something I have professional bodybuilder. I have to get used to saying that now. Usually I just say you have a bodybuilder, but Did also if... they do drug if, testing? Sorry? Do they do
0: drug testing? I'm, as, I'm asking you this because you are a uh, in the mental health field. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some kind of mental health related issues for people our age that are kind of specific to us? Welcome back to the XOP, the Zenial Odyssey podcast with Bobby Rox here. Welcoming me is an actual guest who we're going to interview and her name is Sherry Lynn Nicholas. So uh, without further ado, I will turn it over to her so she can introduce herself.
1: Hi, everybody. My name is Sherry Lynn Nicholas, as Bobby Rocks mentioned.
0: All right, good. So <laughs> if, if people listen to the last one, one thing that we talked about was how... Uh, We could have open discussions and debates on the podcast. And what I mean by that is if people don't fit into that category that was arbitrarily created, we could come on here and discuss it. And Sherry Lynn gets to be that first person because she was born in
1: 1986.
0: So you were born in 86, which was outside this window. But I'm going to give you a little test here. All right. These are some characteristics for all of us out there. Um when was how old were you when you got your first cell phone?
1: I was actually 18 when I got my first cell phone. All right, yeah. so
0: you were late teens, early mm-hmm. 20s. Yeah. All right, perfect. Um do you consider yourself cynical or as I call it realistic? I don't call I don't like cynical. I like realistic.
1: Yeah, cynical sounds a little harsh. Or negative but okay so yeah yeah good I'm you realistic.
0: consider yourself cynical but at the same time are you optimistic
1: yeah do you remember maybe a even world... cautiously optimistic what's yeah. that maybe even cautiously optimistic oh,
0: okay thank you do you remember a world before the internet and before <laughs> um the digital age
1: absolutely yeah what,
0: what was that like for you
1: it was freedom it was less stress um it was interesting it was normal what we considered normal then um, I, I mean, um,
0: what did it look like? Give us an example of what that looked like for you.
1: Sans internet? Or like the beginning of it?
0: Yeah, before the internet.
1: Oh, you know, having to deal with, first off, learning how to use the internet. i um, dealing with dial-up and <laughs> not being able to use the, um, the telephone at the same time while being on AOL. Um, trying to get into chat rooms to talk with people or talk with your friends. It was really exciting and also frustrating at the same time. It's kind of really interesting how you had to be more, exercise more patience back then, waiting to get on versus now we have technology at the drop of a hat. You know, if it doesn't load within two seconds, everybody's like all upset about it. So it was really interesting to see how it's, tran- you know, transcended and transpired over the years.
0: All right. This is one of my favorite ones. This is one of my favorite kind of zenial traits and for it doesn't great great radio or podcasting without mm-hmm. a video, but I'm putting up the air quotes. Um, did you have a MySpace? And by that, I mean, did you have
1: Tom as a friend? I did. Tom was one of my friends. He was my first friend.
0: Excellent. Um, now, I love this trait. This is a great trait. I don't even remember where I found it. but Did you listen to Blink-182, The Offspring, Incubus, or The Spice Girls?
1: Yes, 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 and definitely yes.
0: All right. Well, I guess <laughs> by what I found, you meet the criteria to be a zenial. So welcome to the Odyssey.
1: Really, thank you. Thank you. I don't feel that the age gap that I fall into or label that I fall into doesn't necessarily match me. So it makes me happy.
0: All right. Excellent. Because that's going to be a little teaser for what we're going to discuss a little bit later. And by that, I mean, we're just going to discuss, um, we're going to discuss, you know, um, businesses that you were either involved in starting up or, um, what your profession is. We don't have to talk about that now. Mm -hmm. Um, but typically what I do is, uh, I either go to a break, play a song, maybe play ads if this thing kind of really picks up and we have advertising. Mm -hmm. So what I can do is have you listen to a song you can pick a song through my my catalog okay and then uh, when we come back you can talk about why you picked it what you know if it has something to do with the show mm-hmm. if it doesn't have something to do with the show just whatever reason that you picked the song you did all and right. then we'll go into the interview cool sounds like a plan all right excellent love it well, i think we've hit the ground running how are you feeling feeling good feeling just good just chilling yeah all right excellent all right so before we do do you want to just tell the people what you do primarily what is your uh, profession
1: yeah, well, I kind of consider myself and I've been told also that I'm like a jack of all trades. Um, I primarily work as a clinician um, full time, but I also work part time as a personal trainer. Um, I do have little side things that I try and do. Um, I'm a Reiki master. I do Yin yoga, um, doing small group classes, um, making bracelets that just kind of inspire people. Um, yeah, I kind of do, a, do it all all right Just so pretty you, much promoting a lot of like positivity positivity and like wellness that kind of stuff
0: but your primary job is a uh is a clinician yes all yeah. right and for people that you know layman out a there, like a mental yeah, health counselor a therapist, or a therapist. counselor
1: yeah. it's interchangeable yeah
0: yep all right so why don't we uh why don't we take this break we'll uh, pick that song we'll play it it'll fade right into uh this little outro that we're doing right here all right. and when we come back we'll talk about that and we'll get to know sherry lynn a little bit more on the uh xop all right welcome back everybody that was make it rain by g's guys again all my music is brought to you from soundstripe soundstripe is a royalty-free music site that i use i pay a monthly fee for it and that money goes directly to the independent artists that put their music out there again that was soundstripe and that was make it rain by g's guys and that song was picked by sherry lynn
1: yeah i just really enjoyed the vibe i like the lo-fi um Vibe of it all, just really relaxing, mellow.
0: You say it kind of fits your mood right now? Yeah. Yeah. All right, good. So are you ready? Ready to dive in?
1: Yeah, let's do this.
0: Okay. (laughs) So you uh, before we went to break, you told us that you are a mental health therapist.
1: Yes. Can you
0: tell us a little bit about what you do without obviously going into specifics? I have talked about HIPAA law Mm -hmm. on the prior episode so that people kind of know that there's certain things that... I can talk about because I work in human services, as I'm sure you do too.
1: Yes, I do. I've been working in the field for over about 10 years or so. All right,
0: good. So yeah, um, just tell us about kind of what you've done in your career and what you do.
1: Um, So started off pretty much as a counselor um, meeting with patients um, in home and then gradually went into outpatient therapy, um, residential work I've done um worked with children as well, and currently I'm now working with um, adults um, with disabilities. So um, I do a lot of educating on mental health, um, how to work with individuals, as well as monitoring um, psychotropic meds, making sure that the medications that the individuals are on are helpful to them, um, and to see if they need to be monitored and uh, managed differently so that they can have the best um, possible life possible if that makes sense um or to, to be able to function well um without having to um solely on um psychotropic meds
0: can you give us a kind of a again a layman's uh, term for what psychotropic meds are what are psychotropic meds
1: medications that help me- manage your mental health whether it's anxiety depression um psychosis
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, now, you did mention a little bit about some of the things you have on the side, I guess. You, you mentioned being a personal trainer. Yes. You, you mentioned, um, did you mention yoga?
1: Yes, I do. Um, I practice in yoga in part of a small group class that I created. Yes, I do in yoga. Um, I do. I practice uh, Reiki as well um, in personal training what
0: is Reiki, by the way?
1: Reiki is pretty much um, channeling the universal energy and allowing to clear blockages within your chakra. So it allows you to feel more clear, um, more energized. It might even bring things, uh, problems that you may have um, mentally within your life kind of come to light and can kind of give you some um, spiritual clarity. Um, It's mostly hands off unless there are some touch but most of it is hands off if you would prefer that and it's pretty much getting like a spiritual a spiritual massage for lack of better terms
0: now when you say chakra um correct me if i'm wrong but chakra is really like the energy we all have inside of ourselves
1: yes and it's like it's located by different zones and um the zones are named differently and they have like colors associated with it as well too
0: okay now um I've talked with you before, uh, obviously not on a podcast, but about um, all these interests because you you are an extremely busy person. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I have said that you are a jack of all trades and you're multi talented. So, um, what is your end goal with kind of all these things? Because on the surface, like a, a almost like a, a therapist to me, it, a therapist doesn't necessarily you know gel with a personal trainer or yoga or reiki so i know what's it seems kind
1: of seems pretty scatterbrained right it's like all yeah. over the place yeah yeah so um for the most these are all things that i'm interested in obviously in their passions of mine and ideally i would like to be able to pull all of my passions into one uniform um business or a a final destination, if you will. So it would be a great dream of mine to be able to incorporate uh, mental health counseling and personal training and um, overall wellness into um, a hodgepodge little cluster and have that be a business where whatever it is that somebody is looking for, maybe they're looking for individual therapy, but they don't want to do it in the traditional setting of going into an office and sitting on the couch, which is usually kind of like the the butt of jokes for people when it comes to therapy and why um, it kind of gets that negative rap, if you will. Um, and being able to do therapy like while doing personal training or while doing um, a yoga session or while doing um, performing a Reiki session and following up afterwards, I think that it would be kind of great to kind of think outside of the box. Um, I don't know if there's a market for it, but I'm willing to take a shot at creating one. And I would hope that it would be a nice... Um, segue for kind of like another another step in the direction of mental health as well too and just overall wellness
0: have you looked into uh the market for something like that
1: i have looked to see if there's anything that exists and i believe if anything there's kind of some stuff that goes on on the west coast not necessarily of what i'm trying to put together but it's very very small and not over here
0: now by um over here do you mean massachusetts do you mean new england
1: yes on the east coast i haven't seen anything on the east coast that has anything that is related to what i'm trying to create
0: all right so you said you've been um you've been doing mental health work for approximately 10 years correct
1: yeah yep
0: how long have you been doing personal training yoga reiki have you been doing all that at the same
1: time so no everything is all in different intervals and it was kind of all of um it came across like, you know, after a couple of years and just kind of, you know, evolving as an individual and just seeing where my interests lie. <clears throat> so the the personal training came a couple of years ago. I've obviously been I've been an athlete for many years um, Did track and field. I started off with track and field back in high school and into college. Um, Post-college, I was trying to kind of continue being an athlete, so I did some road races. I did duathlons. I did um, half marathons, um, and it just wasn't really cutting it, but I still wanted to hold on to being an athlete because being healthy and active is something that's really important to me, and also just maintaining overall health as well, too. Um, So the personal training came along in around 2018. Um, I did get my certification in that and started working at a gym shortly after uh, so I've been a personal trainer for about four years. Um, and then the the yoga, the yin yoga, I got certified in that. I uh, took a certifi- certifi- certificate class um, around the same time as well, too. So about four years I've had that as well. And Reiki, I want to say that was probably twenty seventeen ish, something all on there. So it all it seems like it's kind of in the same gap of time, but it's like about like almost like a year or so, like after each one, like it's one one after another. If that makes sense.
0: You sound very busy.
1: Yes, I am.
0: <laughs> um, is there anything else that you do?
1: So actually, I am a body. Bu- I'm a professional bodybuilder. You something are a I have professional bodybuilder. I have to get used to saying that now. Usually, I just say I'm a bodybuilder. But um, I recently earned my pro card back in October in Pittsburgh, um, Pennsylvania, at the Yorton Cup Championship. Um, so yes, I am a professional bodybuilder.
0: What is the Yorton Cup?
1: So the Yorton Cup is the natural bodybuilding's like prestigious um, event. Um, it's the equivalent of like the Arnold or the Olympia of natural bodybuilding. Um, so it is a really big to do. You have to qualify to um, so, be able to participate in that show. So when
0: you say natural bodybuilding, do you mean? Um no performance enhancing
1: drugs. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yes. Um, natural bodybuilding is just that; it is natural. Um, no performance enhancing drugs at all. As a matter of fact, to be able to participate, um, be- to even before you can even step on stage, you have to go through um, a polygraph test um, screening. And if you pass, then you are able to compete. Um, there are people that do fail um, f- due to trying to be um, trying to beat the system and. You know, to you know, increase their chances of being able to be on stage and being dishonest. and they are they are usually caught and they are unable to compete, they are disqualified. Did, also, they, do if, Did they do drug testing? Sorry?
0: Do they do drug testing?
1: They do. So if for any reason um, somebody that is using a performance enhancement drug does win, um, does p- uh, pass the polygraph and they do perform and they do win their class um, and in regards to like their pro card status, then they are drug tested immediately after they walk off stage. Um, and again, if they it comes back that they are using something, then again, they are disqualified.
0: Now, if I could go back to earlier, um, you were describing just how big of a deal the Yorton um, National Competition is. So, I just kind of want to reframe it for for anybody if they they don't understand. So, is that like the Super Bowl of natural bodybuilding?
1: Yes, it okay. is. It is. You know, everybody comes out to watch it. Uh, it's the biggest event of the year. Um, usually, most athletes are gearing up to either watch it or to aspire to go. You see a large um, pro turnout um, it's, it's, it's quite the event. It is quite the event. Whoa. And it was bigger this year, um, this time around, due to COVID being a thing. So um, just trying to get back to normalcy and being able to be in an arena, um, it was very, very fun to see and to kind of be around that vibe as well.
0: Wow. So what does it take to get to the point where you're on stage?
1: It's a lot of dedication. Um, it's not easy by any means. And I know a lot of people kind of think about, oh, it's just, it's dieting and working out a lot. Yes and no. Um, There's a lot of planning that goes into it. I would say that um, you have to want it for you and you have to be able and willing to sacrifice a lot of time because you're in prep for, depending on the um, level of fitness that you're in, Um, and where you need to start, you have to sacrifice a lot of time to, and dedicate a lot of time to your workouts, to your, um, meal prep, to eating, (laughs) making sure your, your meals are almost timed down to the T so that you are at peak performance, um, posing practices, making sure that you have all of the equipment that you need or um, yeah, the the equipment and tools that you would need for show day, making sure your suit suit selection, the color of your suit, your heels, um, your jewelry, um, um, how you're going to style your hair, making sure you you have the proper makeup, the proper tan, um, getting a coach to help you with that, um, getting a little team behind you to help support you because there are going to be days where you're low. You're angry. You're hangry. Um, that you're just gonna want to like mentally say like This is I'm good. Like this isn't enough. I'm tired. Um, maybe even also sacrificing um, events and social outings because of the fact that you know most social outings have surround are surrounded by food and there's certain foods that you're unable to eat while you're in that prep. Um, so trying to avoid temptation and what have you gets a really really tiring and it's very difficult. So if you are willing to do that, I would say definitely it's not something that you should just jump right into. It's definitely something that takes a lot of thought and consideration and making sure that you have a team um, and a support support system behind you to help you. So
0: that was one question I did have. I was going to ask if you have a coach or have a team or you do this by yourself. So it doesn't really sound like uh, you feel like you would be as successful if you were kind of doing this by yourself.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I did start off um, by myself initially but i didn't have um one of my friends help me in regards to creating a workout plan and a nutritional plan and it was kind of hard to do like we did a really good job from the distance because distance was an issue um so kind of working remotely if you will and we i mean considering when it started it wasn't a bad start
0: it was kind of like you were preparing for COVID. You're doing virtually.
1: Um, Without even knowing it ahead of time. Yeah, it was was really funny how things kind of come full circle. Um, But at the end of the day, it is definitely beneficial to have a coach um, behind you. So my coach is Bobby Biceps, Bobby Jean-Louis. He is awesome. Very down to earth. Um, Yeah, I would not have been able to have gotten this far without having him be able to keep me on track keep me on track and to support me in regards to um, my goals so he was able to we reached out and connected and he asked me like what were two or three of my goals I listed them off and in working with him for a really short period of time within two shows of working together we were able to not only hit but like achieve and transcend the goals that we initially set out to um i also have the support of my best friend and my husband as well that have accompanied me from day one when i started this journey almost for six years it's been going on right now so yeah it's definitely important to be able to have um, that support system behind you
0: so now let's kind of bring it all together here so you are a mental health therapist yes you are a personal trainer yes You are a certified yoga instructor?
1: Not certified yoga instructor. I have a certificate in yin yoga specifically.
0: And you are certified to provide certain Reiki services?
1: Yes, I'm a Reiki master.
0: You're a professional bodybuilder? Mm-hmm. When do you have time to sleep?
1: (laughs) What is sleep? What's that? (laughs) Sleep is overrated, right? So I know there's that, that you, whole phrase, like, you sleep when you're dead. I, I'd rather not wait because I have a lot of life to live, I believe. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's hard. <laughs> it's hard, so, but you got to make time for it. If you really want it, you make time for it.
0: You absolutely fit one of the characteristics of, of our generation, of people our age. And that's mm-hmm. you're driven. Uh, you're definitely hardworking. Um, it sounds like you want to have a, a private practice mm-hmm. that kind of yeah. covers all this stuff. Yeah. You want to be your own boss. You want that control over, over your career. Yeah. Uh, and you have all these interests that you want to tie into that. Yes. I I commend you for that. That is, that is incredible.
1: thank you. Thank you.
0: Um, one thing I want to, I want to talk about. So when I have guests on, you've done a phenomenal job describing your, your professions, your goals, your aspirations, your interests, showing how you have these characteristics that I've been talking about on end. Um, But I do want to talk about things like, um, I feel, I don't know about you, but I feel like to the masses, Mm -hmm. um, who kind of label us by our generations, if you will, uh, that the millennial generation has just continued. Like it hasn't stopped.
1: Right. There's no cutoff. Yeah. Yeah. They just keep
0: adding time on. Mm -hmm. Whereas, um, I've said this before, you know, the, the Zennial moniker aside, uh I am a millennial. You are a millennial,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but I don't know if you felt like me. I just don't feel like no the stereotypes that are out there
1: absolutely not. no. I feel like it's almost it's like trying to force a label upon upon me that doesn't fit like trying to fit me into a box that does not that I don't connect with by any means um yeah i I don't like it, so if I can try and redefine it as best as I can, then. I, I'm going to, and I feel like that. There's other people that feel that same way too. It sounds like you feel that that same way as well.
0: Yeah. So for you, what is it about the the millennial label that kind of rubs you the wrong way?
1: Well, a lot of a lot of what I'm hearing is like there's that self entitlement. Um, it's like no, no, and I I have seen it. I and mean, obviously, in the years of working, I've definitely seen it. And I don't want to say that all millennials are like that by any means, too, but. I I know from from personal experience, I work hard for the things that I want and what I need. I don't just expect coming in like, oh, I'm I'm fresh out of school and I'm educated, quote unquote, um, with a green, green, if you will. Now I want to have, you know, a six figure salary and, you know, five weeks vacation and all this kind of stuff, which you actually have to work and put in that time and earn it over years of experience. So I don't have that mentality where you know, I just expect things to be given to me just because just due to existing. I do put in that work and I expect and hope over time that the work that I'm putting in will then come back to me tenfold.
0: Now, you put yourself out there with a lot of things. And you've talked again about having to work for everything. So I feel like when you you put yourself out there and you have all these things you're doing and and you have this drive that mm-hmm. obviously it's not all success there there are oh no, no there are no, step, no. there are step backs and failures mm-hmm. and absolutely. Um, how do you handle those moments of adversity?
1: It, everyone is well, every situation is a little different. Um, some failures are a little harder to swallow than others um, but it you know what for the most part, I realized as I'm getting older that is not as bad as it seems to be. Um, I'm somebody that always has like, okay, I have a, like, always have a plan B. Okay. If this doesn't work out, that sucks because this is what I really want to do. Okay. That doesn't work out. What do I need to do now to try and achieve that goal? I try not. To, I allow and honor the feelings that I feel if, I'm, if I failed or if something didn't work out. It's, it's life, right? Um, you're going to have disappointments and setbacks, but I try not to sit in those feelings for too long and start to try and uh, reframe my thought process and trying to try to pursue it and achieve it again so
0: it sounds like you don't you don't um, i don't catastrophize just to, like, walk it. away you don't catastrophize it number one
1: like no, you don't make i
0: try not to you don't make things into bigger things than they are you take them for what they are
1: i try to yeah okay Can't, then, I, uh, i'm not gonna say that i haven't catastrophized a couple of things here and there um because it just like seems like it's a, a snowball effect, yeah, well, we're, all, but... we're all human
0: beings and, right, I, and I think right. that's okay yeah um but i think one of the monikers for uh, our generation is that, I mean, we just would fall to pieces. Right. We we're not used to adversity and no. we don't no. know how to deal with it. We And, but what it sounds like from you is you actually have that perspective. You can, you can learn, you've mm-hmm. learned from your, your mistakes or your failures. Yeah, absolutely. And you've grown from that. Yeah. And you've, you've become a better person because of that.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Right. Because honestly, that is one thing that I have heard. And, um, so in my line of work, in my career, I've managed uh, people. Mm-hmm. And as the time went along, I, I got more and more millennials that were um, born in the, the late 80s, the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. I found a there's like a dividing line for people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when I would have to give constructive criticism to somebody who, let's say, is about 30 years old, mm-hmm. uh, I would get thank yous. And I would get it, it makes me feel like you're paying attention to the job I'm doing and you're invested in me. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, people maybe who are born in like the mid to late 90s feel like it's all personal attacks.
1: Or even the tw- 2000s now. Yeah, it's getting to that point. Yeah, but, um, right.
0: but people feel like I could do something so consistently with all the staff. I could come at them with the same tone of voice, mm-hmm. the same um, cor- you know constructive feedback But yet their responses to it are vastly different.
1: Right. And I mean, you can always kind of play like, is it being too emotionally sensitive or is it um, just having a hard time with understanding and accepting constructive criticism? And Like being in the field where you're being um, managed by other people, you're going to get constructive criticism and it's feedback on your job so that you can continue to grow and do well. Um, and some some criticism is good. Like it, it's positive feedback, and you want to hear that positive feedback, but you're not going to always get positive. You need the negative as well, too. So, how do you, again, that goes back to the whole failure piece. How do you know what to fix if you don't know what the problem is? So, I think it's really important that, you know, people are, need to understand that it's okay to have constructive criticism and it's okay to have your feelings about it, but then also being professional and you know, reflective on the process and not, you know, being reactive, if you will. And I think it's kind of hard for people to understand.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I agree. Um, I mean, the Zenio micro generation aside, um, this is a fact about all generations. I mean, when you're born at one end of it and there's people born at the other end, which could be 20 years later, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're labeled under that same moniker. But what do you have in common when you were 20 years old when somebody was born?
1: right there's nothing
0: you know not there's a lot yeah i mean and especially look at our generation mm-hmm. I mean, look what we've look what we've gone through in our lives we had the first bombing of the world trade center when we were yeah. barely 10 years old we had waco texas um mm-hmm. and the davidian cultists uh, people mm-hmm. and that whole situation we had um oklahoma city we yeah. had uh, the mass media I call it the mass media explosion. That's twenty four hour news cycle.
1: Yeah, Columbine as well, too. Yeah, and yeah. I was getting into that, like
0: school mm-hmm. shootings, like Columbine. We've mm-hmm. had nine eleven. We've had uh, recessions, and yeah. we've and we've had a pandemic. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we are, we are, we have been through adversity.
1: Right, and so the fact that you had mentioned kind of bringing it back a little bit, where that you know the assumption is that we crumble <laughs> at adversity is like no, we watched it. <laughs> through our lives growing up and now and we saw the things we saw the successes and we saw the missteps and they we're like we we're learning from the history that we witnessed and trying to i would think you know not repeat itself if you will
0: and i absolutely uh agree and i think parenting um like if our parentings our parents and their styles mm-hmm. definitely play into uh how we developed as people yeah um and i can speak for myself so i'm I'm, a, you know, born in 1982, so I'm really on that cusp of Generation X
1: yeah, and Millennials,
0: yep. mm-hmm. and I feel that kind of conflict. I mean, my oldest sibling, my sister, is a, is a Gen X. She's 1975. She's a Generation mm-hmm. X, um, and my brother is like me. He was born in 1980, He's and he's on that cusp, too. But mm-hmm. um, it's interesting because I look at, like, my mother, and my mother was, I mean... She was that she was brought up Irish Catholic and she went to Catholic schools. Um, And then you have my father, who was just this uh, carefree person, charismatic. (laughs) Uh, And when I remember being a child and I remember him being like what you what you stereotypically hear Mm -hmm. um, about millennials parents. That they didn't. Pre- that's another thing that the millennials' parents didn't prepare them for the world. They told them like they were so what, special. So like,
1: what was what was the example that they would give in regards to that?
0: You're you're special, uh, and that the the
1: world is is gonna just
0: basically roll out a red carpet for you is like the example
1: that. You yeah, used. that was not like my upbringing by any means. Yeah, and it, like that was not the expectation. It was, it was you work for whatever it is that you want, and you put in a good effort, and like the world's not gonna give it to you. You need to work for it and earn it and that's the
0: and that's the thing for me so i had one parent kind of more of that stereotypical millennial parent and then i had mm-hmm. another one what what's up was like that was like old old school like what people who grew up in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. like that was that was my that was my other parent mm-hmm. and so on top of being between generations i had these kind of conflicting parenting styles yeah um and i don't want to say it was terrible i think it was wonderful i mean uh they both had their own strengths and mm-hmm. and um And they used them well. And I was the youngest. So by the time I came along, they had figured out how they were going to be parents anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that plays into my development as opposed to, you know, it's conversations I've had with my older siblings about, you know, situations we had that were similar and how our parents dealt with those with us.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think we've we've covered a lot of ground. I like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think we've covered a lot of ground today. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you've brought some absolutely valuable insight uh, into this what are some I'm, as, I'm asking you this because you are a uh in the mental health field mm-hmm. um what are some kind of mental health related issues for people our age that are kind of specific to us
1: i would say a lot of anxiety a lot of depression a lot of ptsd um trying to break the stigma is the biggest thing that i'm noticing a lot is like Literally blaring in your face, it's like break the silence, break the sti- break the stigma, and it's you know I'm glad that it's being said because there are a lot of people that were from what I've seen and just you know you know being in the field and hearing it and then also you know speaking with my peers both like in the field and like just my friends and per- uh, personally, there's a lot of shame and guilt behind saying i have anxiety i have depression um or i need to take a medication to help with my anxiety so i can function
0: this may be an unpopular opinion um but i think i think uh in our adult life mm-hmm. i think the world is a much more open place yeah it still has a way to go but it's oh absolutely it's a lot more absolutely. open nowadays yeah um
1: and just the acceptance too i think this is more accepted
0: i kind of yeah. look at mental illness the way that um well, maybe when we were like younger, like people looked at, um, homosexuals. Mm -hmm. I kind of look at it like that there's a stigma like that. Yeah. Um, like you, like if you have a mental illness, you're kind of almost closeted. You're not supposed to talk about it.
1: Right. And it's like, why not? Yeah, exactly. Why not?
0: Exactly. And that's, I mean, I think it's okay and it, and it helps. I mean, one thing that I'm very, um, passionate about is, um, men, like male mental illness, Mm. because, you know, if you think about the male stereotype, it's, quote-unquote be a man
1: right so like, what up. does that mean suck it up oh, so deal with it be quiet yeah, don't talk exactly. about your problems that's not how a man swallowed it up, you know swallowed it up like don't say anything like, n- no and then and no. then
0: in my opinion that's why <laughs> that's why suicide rates for men are, are, are absolutely
1: high. because so I'm we not-
0: so we suck it up until we until we just can't anymore and right. then you know um we you know we either attempt or six- su- or sadly are successful in a suicide attempt because mm-hmm. we we don't feel like we there's a support network out there for us right, yeah, and so that's one thing that I think is great um that is opening up yeah uh, you see it on like Facebook a lot a lot of mm-hmm. um a lot of uh a lot of military veterans especially mm-hmm. uh kind of opening up that for each other, yeah and opening it up, starting to open it up outside of to people outside the military mm-hmm. um I would love to have, and I think I will. I will reach out to someone I know who's in the military, mm-hmm. have them come on here. And I think if, like, you were on here, if you, if you wanted to, if yeah. if you wanted to, like, that would be a excellent conversation.
1: Would, I'm game. Yeah.
0: All right. So, how was uh one thing? Uh, some people do ask me what what the Odyssey means in the name, mm-hmm. and uh, for people who don't know what Odyssey means, it's basically like a an adventure, mm-hmm. a um. Trials and tribulations of life, uh, the successes, the failures, the hardships, everything, mm-hmm. everything that's your story. So that's really what it means to me. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, every single episode, if I have people on like like Sherry Lynn here, um, she has kind of given us a little bit of her story. And this is her odyssey. Yeah. And so I want to personally thank you uh, for coming aboard with us today, Sherry.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. It was fun.
0: Oh, I'm glad it was fun. And um, you weren't nervous at all?
1: for the most part no all right. <laughs> no <laughs> i had my little moments but honestly no it wasn't it was really relaxing it's kind of therapeutic
0: all right next this is the stuff i really want to do with this uh podcast i really want this to be an entertaining informative um kind of podcast uh mm-hmm. where we have people from all walks of life come on here and tell their stories and and really it's about all of us connecting so one thing that i think about it now when i'm kind of trying not to laugh is uh, I don't want us to feel like we were bashing on millennials and all that. No, I, no, I feel no, like it's no. more of um, uh, giving, um, giving some information and and seeing where people come from. Mm-hmm. And then uh, again, if if anybody on there felt like they were bashed, please reach out to me. And you can come aboard here and, and tell your story mm-hmm. because I really feel like this is about bringing people together. And
1: just and, and it's educational too. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. I think is you're only getting one version of it per your experience so maybe there's something that was missed or we don't know that other side so i think it'd be great to hear that too
0: and if someone wants to come on here and tell me i'm i suck and i
1: don't know what i'm talking about
0: uh i think that would make great content for a podcast so hey we could do that too
1: <laughs> as long as there's actual like valid information but by- no i'm just joking. sorry i'm not gonna stir the pot <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's great. That great. That's great. All fine. right.
0: Well, thank you very much, uh, Sherry Lynn. And thank you to everybody if you tuned in for the whole podcast. And as always, uh, this Odyssey has come to a close, and we will see you next time. Take care.